Terrian. She was diagnosed with Hashimoto's many years ago and has been struggling ever since with all types of symptoms. She gained a lot of weight over these years. She is constantly exhausted, has a lot of sensitivities to foods and chemicals. She also has periods of anxiety as well as depression, and her brain is super foggy. Some days, she just doesn't know how she's going to get through the day. And more recently, in addition to all of these other things, she noticed that her hair was thinning and she started to have sleep issues. She did a lot of different protocols and she saw many different providers, conventional at first, and then a few functional ones. Terry Ann was given a lot of supplements, but even with all that, she just felt like every time she took a step forward, she would then take two steps back. She just didn't see significant progress and she kept having flare-ups. When I met Terry Ann, I saw that she was taking 30 different supplements and she was actually asking me to give her even more so that she can finally start to feel better. While of course, supplements can be very helpful with thyroid issues, and I love supplements as a nutritionist, there is an order to things, and there is such a thing as too much, especially if other things are not supported at the same time. I knew exactly where we needed to look to solve her health mystery, and it wasn't what she was expecting. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns, and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. We just heard about Terry's struggles, and joining me on the show today to talk much more about this is Dr. Kathleen King, who is a physical therapist and a neuroscience-based mind-body practitioner specializing in chronic illness. She's the CEO and founder of The Primal Trust, Academy and Community, a rapidly growing worldwide platform helping others unlock their self-healing from autoimmunity, as well as Lyme and chronic fatigue and long-haul COVID, molds, MCAS, which is mast cell activation syndrome, and a lot more. She does this by combining brain retraining and vagus nerve toning, somatics, as well as trauma-informed practices. So Dr. Kathleen, I am so excited to have you. Welcome to Health Mystery South, Byron Hashimoto's Revealed. Thank you. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Me too. You know, when it comes to supporting Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, it's definitely a really multifaceted approach because there's so many systems that are involved. And additionally, when we have one autoimmune disease, it's just so common to have other autoimmune diseases because it all comes from that same imbalance in the immune system. And then, of course, the triggers for these autoimmune conditions can be all of the things that we are all dealing with across the board, right? Infections and toxins and molds. And so we want to really support this from a whole body perspective. And of course, we have all the nitty gritty biochemistry that we could do. But at the same time, we also want to start with kind of where does it all start from, right? So let's talk about the nervous system and why that is such an important part and just not talked about nearly as much, unfortunately. Well, in my opinion, the nervous system is the foundation because 
It is what is um, affecting the dials of your autonomic functions, your organ functions, your endocrine functions, your digestion, your nervous system is often what starts to go offline in the first place for all of these conditions you've just named. It's usually the first thing, some type of stress response that gets perpetuated and then the body is trying to compensate. And, you know, especially with thyroid issues, if there's a massive amount of stress in the system, the nervous system is trying to figure out, well, do we put all of our energy to fighting this infection? Uh, we might need to slow down digestion. Uh, we're building up too many toxins. We can't clear this uh, quick enough. So we need to dial down this other dial. And it's very complex, but it's the autonomic nervous system that's the master regulator. And so when I started to realize that, because I too was very sick, including some thyroid stuff, that it was the control panel of the body, I knew I need to really focus on that. And the cool thing is, is that we can biohack that. We can affect our nervous system. Now, why do you think this is something that people aren't really thinking about first? Because like you said, it is the big, it's like the master switch, right? And, you know, so often, especially, you know, people who come to me for thyroid issues, they're like, okay, I need to know what supplement I can take and I need to make sure that I'm on the right amount of medication. And all of these things are very important. And of course, I do talk to them about the bigger picture, but I think people are kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm stressed, but everyone's stressed. Who cares? <laughs> and they move on. We have normalized being in stress and it's not the way our medical algorithm works, unfortunately. You don't go into the doctor and have them, you know, do this stress analysis and give you home exercises for your nervous system. You go to the doctor, they do blood tests, they look for what's off and they find a pill or something or a protocol to impact that particular off marker in the blood. I know for me personally, I went over 10 years before I even began to look at my autonomic nervous system, hundreds of tests, hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds and hundreds of supplements. And that entire boat was missing. It's just not part of the algorithm. It's not part of the consciousness, which that's what my mission is, is to change the way that we approach chronic illness and getting everybody on some type of nervous system regulation. Not that you don't do your protocols, but they work so much better when you have a home program to support uh, the protocols you're doing. Yeah. And I just think this is so important. And, you know, we're talking about this and I just really want everyone listening to really kind of not just hear it, but to take it in and really understand that the nervous system is what controls everything else. And like you said, yes, we still have to do all those other things, but if you do them in isolation without looking at the bigger picture, it's going to feel like what Terry was feeling, which is kind of taking a step forward and then taking two steps back and then a step forward and three steps back. And, you know, Dr. Kathleen, like you, I had a similar story where I was sick for a long time and it probably took me, I would say 15 years. And of course I, I got better to some degree, but I probably didn't get into some of the nervous system support until 15 years into my journey. And then it was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, and I was someone who was very materialistic in a way of like a black and white. Okay. Well, this test shows this, it means I'm low on selenium. So I'm going to take selenium because that's what the test shows. And then, you know, I have this virus, so I'm going to do this antiviral protocol so that I can get rid of this virus. Never thinking that the constant self-negative talk and all of the other things were playing a role. Mm -hmm. And that's very common. You know, we're just not taught. It's not how 
anyone taught us to look at the body and look at ourselves. And like I said, we've normalized the chronic stress response in our culture. For those listening that are probably saying to themselves, okay, fine, I'm listening now. I'm stressed. I have a busy job. I may have two or three kids, right? I take care of a lot of other stuff and I'm trying to just, you know, get up and get through my day. I can't change my life, right? Like I still have my little kids that I need to feed and and do all the things. So what should I do, right? So I think, you know, there's different parts, right? in, In terms of the nervous system support. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the areas? The way that we teach people is we first teach them an awareness of how to map where their nervous system is at through the day. We use the system based on the polyvagal theory. Am I in fight or flight? Am I in immobilization and shutdown? Or am I in this safe mode? And by simply tracking what's happening in your body through the day, you can course correct in subtle ways while staying in a busy lifestyle in some ways. Just that awareness alone starts getting people to consciously take a little bit of a breath walk a little bit slower, respond a little bit differently. And all of those micro moments add up to a more regulated nervous system. That's the first step. Now, for those who may not be familiar with that theory, can you tell us just a little bit more detail about those states? Yeah, sure. So the polyvagal theory was coined by Stephen Porges. And it's really a theory that maps the way our autonomic nervous system is operating. And he describes three different states primarily ventral vagal, which means I'm in safe connection. I'm in conversation. I'm feeling open. I'm feeling able to connect. I'm feeling calm. The second state is sympathetic, which is your fight, flight, you know, your response to stress, but it also can be motivation to go and get things done. And for type A overachievers, our go, go, go is actually a chronic stress response when it's constantly turned on. And you start to learn, wow, this this adrenaline is actually me not able to slow down because it doesn't feel safe to slow down. And then the third state that he outlines is the dorsal vagal state, which when it's in its extreme is a shutdown, collapsed, immobile, life is too much, hopeless. Dorsal vagal can also be healthy in that it can be your sleeping, your resting and digesting state. But when we have too much stress, it gets over overly shut down and we will collapse, chronic fatigue, immobilized, can't think, brain fog. And so it's a system to sort of map where you're at. And a lot of people will be like, oh, I didn't even realize this was a stress response to feel this way. It's just been so normal. So that would be the polyvagal theory in a nutshell. So it's essentially feeling into your body and based on the sensations you're feeling, which for a lot of people I know is probably a new thing anyway, because we're so not used to being in our body, right? Because we're in our head or somewhere else. Um, So essentially it's kind of feeling that and then seeing where they are and then being able to self-regulate in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is very helpful because I think one of the biggest challenges that so many people have is they are busy and they don't have time. And so they think, oh, well, the only way to regulate my nervous system is if I go and meditate for a half an hour, which may be lovely if they know how to meditate to begin with, but then who, you know, they may not have 30 minutes twice a day or, 
you know, at other times, or they might be in a place where they're feeling off, but they don't have the 30 minutes in that moment. And so their body then goes through like that spiral. Yeah. And that's where it's good to have an arsenal of nervous system tools in at your disposal. What can I do in these 10 seconds? What can I do in this five minutes? And there's a lot of different approaches. Um, there's vagus nerve toning, there's brain retraining, there is something known as somatics. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can learn. And that's what I really like to teach because there isn't really a one size fits all when it comes to your nervous system toolkit. Now, for those with thyroid issues specifically, you know, there's a lot that could come down to their voice and kind of feeling safe and just that this whole area where thyroid is in our fifth chakra and that ability to express. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how this relates to everything else? Yeah, I think that those with thyroid issues specifically uh, really benefit from vagus nerve toning exercises that you use your voice to stimulate that vagus nerve. Well, there's two things. So first thing I would say is vagus nerve toning. There's a lot of breathing with certain types of humming and like just a simple inhale and an exhale with a voo breath. So V-O-O, just vooing. That's that vibratory uh, stimulation to your vocal uh, cords helps to stimulate the vagus nerve and tone that chakra. And just to take one step back real quick, for those that may not be familiar, why is it important to stimulate the vagus nerve? What does that do for us? Vagus nerve is your big daddy nerve that runs your entire autonomic nervous system. It's inner, It's called the wandering nerve because it wanders all through your, your trunk and your stomach. And that nerve is constantly sending signals back up to the brain of how your body is doing and your brain is sending signals back down into the body. So getting your vagus nerve toned, much like thinking about a muscle that you need to work on at a gym, is going to help your organ function and your brain and body communication to come back online. Some people even describe the vagus nerve as the on-off switch of illness. So it's that powerful and that potent. And so there's so many exercises you can do. You can quickly Google how to tone my vagus nerve on Google and you'll get a whole bunch of exercises. So yeah, that's why it's so important. And how would someone know if their vagus nerve is not toned or needs toning? Do you feel like everyone's vagus nerve needs toning or are there certain symptoms that can correlate to that more? Well, I'd say a lot of people in this culture need toning of their vagus nerve, but your ability to come in and out of a stress response easily and come back to normal would be one sign. Like if you get triggered, does it last all day or days? Or, you know, can you come back into a state of safety pretty easily? Um, are you in a collapsed state where you just never have energy? You might need to be toning your vagus nerve. Are you always like uh, in sympathetic fight or flight, um, perfectionism, not sleeping, anxiety? That might mean you need to be toning your vagus nerve. You know, our culture is such a go, go, go that I think we can all benefit from that. And if you're doing well, you're somebody who is generally in safe connection, able to self-soothe, able to self-regulate after a trigger, uh, able to access your prefrontal rational brain when you've had an emotional upset and get a different perspective. That's a sign that you're probably doing pretty well. And what about things like constipation? A lot of people with hypothyroidism suffer from constipation, but also gas and bloating and other digestive issues, which, you know, of course, we support with proper amounts of medication and, you know, with the right nutrients to really balance it for their type. But sometimes even with those things, 
there's still issues. Um, can you talk about the vagus nerves connection to that? Yeah, that's uh, that's the number one thing. If you've got digestive issues, your vagus nerve is running the show on your digestion. I can't tell you the numerous stories of people who start doing vagus nerve toning and who are on all sorts of medication, irritable bowel, SIBO, colon inertia, and they have a complete turnaround um, after years of trying medication simply by getting that vagus nerve online, by getting their emotional system online. Our digestion is just one of those classic indicators of our underlying chronic stress response. Yeah. I wanted to circle back to that initial question about why, about the throat chakra and our voice before we forget. The other thing, in addition to vagus nerve toning, uh, with nervous system work, nervous system work gives you that capacity to feel safe, to state your truth. When we are hiding our true thoughts, when we are people pleasing, when we're saying yes, when we mean no, all of that is actually due to our nervous system and a protection response. And this is one of the most crucial factors that I see with those with um, any type of thyroid issues is that part of your energy system has been either shut down or compromised in some way. And it's hard to just, you know, start speaking your truth and start saying what you mean, because you actually have to feel safe in your body to do so. And so in addition to vagus nerve toning, working on those trauma patterns through developing more and more states of safety, making that more normalized. When we feel safe, we feel safe to say no when we mean no. And that's something else that is a bit more of a longer journey, but the most important journey when it comes to thyroid health and nervous system, in my opinion. That makes so much sense because the people pleasing is just, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Um, it, it's such a good way to think about it. I never thought of it, how you just explained it, that it's not being able to feel safe, right? I think if you think about it from generally you think, oh, well, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings or, you know, maybe thinking your own feelings aren't as important, but the safety piece is not something I would, you know, think of necessarily right away. So that's really, really good to know. Yeah. You know, all of our behaviors with others in relationship has to do with our sense of safety, safety connection, that ventral vagal state, safety state that I initially described. Like it's safe for me to be truthful and this person is still going to love me and mom and dad are still going to be okay if I say the truth. That's what we're reprogramming here. And I'm telling you that when I see people choose them, say what they mean, their thyroid turns around. I've seen it again and again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I definitely concur with that because doing a lot of this work, and I haven't thought of it from the safety perspective, but just from some of the other perspectives of really like tuning into what it is that you really truly desire. I think for so many people and women, especially, you know, ask them like, what do you want? You know, because they'll say, oh, well, there's this problem, this problem. And I go, what is it that you want? And they're like, well, I don't know. No one's ever asked me that before. Yeah. There's a part of our brain called our insula and our insula is responsible for our sense of gut instinct, but also our needs. And it tends to go offline if we have ignored our needs over years because uh, we needed to pay attention to the needs of mom and dad or others more. And so with nervous system work and somatic work, we start paying attention to our body, to the feelings in our body, and that helps to get our insular cortex online. And then that will communicate to your prefrontal brain, like, oh, I need this. It might start with like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom or I need to eat this or no, I actually want this tea instead of that. These little things start to get our gut feeling online. And then we're like, 
oh, that's a no for me. And I never noticed that before because I couldn't feel it. So it actually always comes back to the brain and nervous system. Finding our needs is a connection. It's a mind-body connection that we have to restore. And it sounds almost similar to if someone is trying to tune into their intuition, it's the same sort of idea, right? When you kind of are feeling, okay, what what does yes feel like for me versus what does no feel like for you? And I know when I first started to learn it, it was such a foreign thing. Like, I I have no idea. (laughs) And then you sort of get used to it. Yeah, your insula has a big part of intuition, actually. Yeah. If someone is maybe a little bit more disconnected or if they're not sure how they're feeling, are there certain other symptoms, I guess, if you will, of someone who doesn't feel safe in their body or may not even realize that that's the case. I know you mentioned if someone is people pleasing, but that's also another thing people don't realize they're doing. But if they're maybe not allowing themselves to really speak their truth or allowing themselves to, you know, express what it is that they really want to say. I know that you said that was one thing. What are some other examples? When somebody is um, constantly busy, they might say, oh, I feel fine. I don't I don't think I'm stressed, but they literally have to be doing something all the time or they don't feel safe or they're constantly volunteering and they're like the super parent or whatever. They're, you know, taking care of everyone else. That's somebody who usually has a chronic stress response that they're not in touch with. That's a big one. Somebody who is uh, feeling a lot of procrastination or just, you know, overwhelm, things like that. They might not feel stressed, but they sort of feel unmotivated. Uh, They might be just binge watching Netflix or whatever. That's usually a chronic stress response as well. Constant scrolling, constant message checking. That's a stress response. So those are a few of the common indicators. Somebody who like literally, maybe they don't feel stressed, but they don't feel at all. They just like don't feel that's a stress response. So um, those are a few things I would say. Yeah. And that makes sense that that's an indication of how you wouldn't feel safe in your body. I remember when I was younger, my mom used to always say, oh, you feel too much because I'd be like, oh, mom, like this hurts. And I think when I was like early, like early high school, I was, I guess, maybe a little bit of a hypochondriac if you know someone may say that. And I'd be like, oh, something really hurts here. Like, I don't know, something could be wrong or like my heart's beating really fast. Meanwhile, like I was just having anxiety, but my parents didn't really know how to talk about it. And so I remember my mom saying, oh, honey, like you feel too much. Like just, just ignore it. Don't feel it. And then that's kind of how I've shut a lot of that down. And, you know, only in the recent 10 to 15 years, you know, in my 30s and 40s that I kind of realize, you know, oh, like, wait, no, feeling is good. Like my body's trying to tell me stuff. And, you know, I think people can be more highly sensitive or more empathic, which sometimes can be scary to feel all those things. But what would you recommend if someone is, you know, maybe a little bit disconnected from their body or they feel things and they don't know what to do with it? You know, is there a place where they can start so it feels a little bit know, easier, but also just more approachable versus like all these sensations coming in and someone then doesn't know what to do with them. One of the things that we teach is helping people to recognize what thoughts and feelings to focus on versus ones to let go and what we call pattern interrupt. And so if you're starting to notice things, but then you create a story about what they mean, it's the story that you want to interrupt. It's not that you don't want to feel that sensation or feel that emotion. It's sort of like, okay, I'm feeling this fluttering or, oh, I'm feeling a little bit of burning anxiety. It's the story that follows of this means X, Y, and Z that you're wanting to pattern and we call it pattern interrupt where you're wanting to redirect and just simply allow that feeling or emotion to be there and then moving back on into your present moment. 
And yeah, some people do have hypersensation to their body and they feel every little thing, but usually they assign a meaning to every little thing. So they're going to need to break the habit of the meaning. And those that haven't been used to feeling, they're going to have to start learning how to find the feeling of the breath in the belly, their feet on the floor, you know, the wind on their face. And that's a whole different journey. So now what about somatics and somatic work? Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think this is also something that could be newer to everyone listening. And I think it's just something that's really important to discuss. So in the world of nervous system work, you're going to hear the term top down and you'll hear the term bottom up. Top down is considered like brain retraining, mindfulness, paying attention to our thoughts, our mental state, our focus. Bottom up is paying attention to the body and the signaling from the body back to the brain. And we often refer to that as somatics or somatic processing. Somatics simply means body or the feelings within the body. So somatic practices are all about paying attention to the sensations and the emotions and the position and the posture of the body and consciously rerouting that. Maybe it's somatic movement, which is rerouting how your posture and your structure is. Maybe it's just somatic experiencing the felt sense of what it feels like to be in conversation with this person and how I want to run away or how I want to say no, but I'm saying yes. That's a somatic experience. So somatics is both the experiential and the movement of that bottom up feedback loop from the brain and body. And there, I guess I'm assuming there's exercises to allow that to come forth. Yeah, very carefully. Somatics, uh, it's a form of trauma healing. It's a form of releasing a lot of energy and emotion in the body. And you want to do it in a titrated way. I find that a lot of people, that if they jump right into somatic practices, especially if they have a history of trauma, they can get flooded as the body starts to release too much too soon, which is why in our work, our approach, we have you build a bit of a container in your nervous system before going into somatics. You're going to learn vagus nerve toning. You're going to learn brain retraining to build capacity to actually hold space for the body and for the unwinding that the body does need to go through. And then in terms of trauma, I mean, there is so much to talk about there. And I've had a few episodes with, you know, different trauma experts Trauma, and just to kind of get everyone on the same page, you know, that's not just, okay, something really big and really terrible happened, right? We have the big trauma, which we call the big T, and then the little T. Can you talk a little bit about that? And, you know, maybe some experiences that people may not realize to be traumatic, but why they can be, and then how that can actually affect their thyroid and their Hashimoto's. Let's just recap what trauma is. As Gabor Mate would say, it's not what happens to you, it's how you react to what happened to you. And you're going to react differently than the person next to you, which is why two people can be in the same event. One gets quote unquote trauma and the other one doesn't. What is trauma? Trauma is an emotional experience that the brain simply cannot fully handle at the time. Your consciousness gets overwhelmed and it doesn't process what happened. And then it gets sort of locked in a memory structure an energy in the brain that doesn't complete its understanding because you simply could not process it at the time. And so trauma processing, trauma healing is being able to finally hold presence for that emotion 
that you couldn't handle at the time and gain a perspective that allows you to stay relaxed to allow that emotion to finally move through your body rather than it being overwhelming and shutting you down or overwhelming and you know having to just be in a constant fight or flight about it. And so traumas can be big like you know abuse but it can also be something like your sister got this amazing present for Christmas and you got something you didn't like and it made you feel like your parents didn't love you. And in that moment to the child, they felt like they didn't matter and it was so emotionally overwhelming that they associated Christmas in a negative way and they had a lot of heart fear and now Christmas comes and they're always expecting that they're not going to matter as much. What might be little t, but to that child, a meaning was made in that emotional experience that was too much for them to handle. Maybe I'm not loved as much as my sister, which is a huge meaning for a seemingly little event. And that's how trauma got trapped into that person's system. That is such a good example because I think a lot of people would never think of it that way. And how often does that happen to people, right? Probably all the time, you know, or even things where, you know, a parent can says, you're not being a good girl, right? Or a good boy. And then it's like your whole existence is now (laughs) defined, right? By this one thing that you did or didn't do correctly. So if someone is trying to unwind that, and obviously I know that it's, it's a bigger process, but is it something where they would want to figure out what that initial event is? Because sometimes that could be so far back and more in the subconscious mind, or is it something where kind of just getting everything down and getting the nervous system in a place where it is able to be released, that things come out, even if you don't know exactly what it is? Yeah, you don't, you definitely don't need to revisit things. The great thing about trauma is that it will come up in your daily life until you learn how to resolve it. And it might be, it's, it's a, usually a present moment trigger that hits that old memory network and makes you feel the same way you felt at four, but it might be, you know, your current partner. And so the way that you're resolving it is your nervous system. You're going to learn how to hold space for that emotion that's getting triggered and that meaning that comes up. I don't, I'm not loved. I don't matter. And you learn how to hold space and witness both the emotion and the meaning. And with your consciousness, trauma healing is about gaining a larger state of consciousness than you had at the time. And that consciousness might be like, wow, a part of me feels like I don't matter. A part of me hates this feeling of shame, but I understand that I actually do matter. I see the larger context now and I can handle this feeling in my body and let it ripple through and out. And that is what trauma processing is in a nutshell. Mm, Okay. Because there's so many different techniques out there. And I think that so often people say, oh, well, you have to do EMDR or you have to do, you know, this type of work, but it sounds like the bigger picture. Right. And you might use those techniques like parts work, EMDR, tapping, et cetera, to do basically what I just did, which is witnessing and feeling and gaining a larger perspective so that the meaning isn't the same as it was, but the feeling is going to have to be felt by a consciousness and a body that can handle that feeling in the present moment. Yeah. And I love what you're saying about getting a little bit of a container 
you know, in the nervous system, because I do think that sometimes, and this happens with other biochemical processes too, where people say, okay, I'm going to do a cleanse. I'm so sick of being, you know, overweight and tired and X, Y, Z. And so I'm just going to start fasting or I'm going to do this heavy duty cleanse. And then they start to feel awful and have all of these die off symptoms. So it sounds like it's the same idea, which is why you have that container. Yeah, absolutely. And a cleanse can definitely start purging your trauma. So having nervous system um, tools in place is very important for that kind of activity. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you were having a lot of health issues, including thyroid issues. So how did you get drawn to this work? Did you hit a certain place where you were like, I'm just not getting any further or like, how did this come about? I'm always interested to hear. Yeah. After dozens of diagnoses and many years of lab tests and protocols and spending every cent we had, eventually we were completely broke. And I realized this isn't working. I'm just going, I'm playing whack-a-mole. We address one thing and another thing comes up and I'm like, what's happening here? Like, I can't keep doing this. And it was sort of a surrendered time where I'm like, chase trying to fix it with these protocols and pills is not working and in that moment i sort of had an epiphany that the brain and the nervous system run everything and i knew this i was a physical therapist i used to work with chronic pain and with chronic pain i taught people how to regulate with brain retraining and nervous system work and i'm like well i'm not having chronic pain i had lyme and everything else under the sun maybe that same approach works for this. And I started doing some research and sure enough, a lot of people were healing with nervous system and brain retraining work. And so I started doing that and immediately my symptoms started to shift and I wasn't taking anything. I wasn't doing any special diets anymore. I was just simply regulating my nervous system and toning my vagus nerve and doing brain retraining functional neurology, which is a type of vagus nerve toning and it was it was like wow this is this is it like this is running the show and so things just started the symptoms just started falling away over time mm, that's so great to hear and now that you've been practicing this for a long time do you still take some supplements or do you have any dietary restrictions anymore i know you said in the past you followed a more restrictive diet and didn't necessarily see as many changes. How is it now? Uh, I'm doing great. I actually just had a Lyme test done. I got sick in Costa Rica this summer um, with something and I'd never retested for Lyme and it was a negative panel, which is amazing, you know, um, but I got COVID a couple of times this year. I got sick in Costa Rica. I'm still human when things like that happen and I get depleted. I'm more than willing to take, you know, the micronutrients that I need to replenish. Like I'm not a purist. I really like having a nice mineral supplement. I like having, you know, taking a fish oil, but I don't always take it every day. Like I'm not neurotic about these things, but if I've gone through something, I have no problem with supporting my body alongside my nervous system. My diet is pretty free. I'm loving that I can eat dairy and stuff now because I grew up in the Midwest. But I also don't eat sugar. I don't love to eat gluten. I'm I'm conscious of what fuels my body best, but I'm I'm not restricted like, you know, I can't have this thing. I can, and if I do, I'm not like binging on those things. So you know, I'm a very balanced person that way. Um, like I just got diagnosed with some ligament instability in my neck. So I'm taking a few things to help support collagen. Like I'm not like, oh, I'm just going to faith heal myself. No, I'm like, what supports collagen? Okay, I'll take these things. Like our, our, our foods are deficient in a lot of things. 
Do I think you have to do that? No, not necessarily. I know a lot of people that can't afford it. They do their nervous system work. They eat as healthy as they can and they, they, they do great. But if you can support your body and it makes sense, it's just about, for me, the perspective. Like I'm not expecting a pill or a supplement or protocol to fix me or cure me. I see things as being supportive when they're needed. Like I got completely depleted with two weeks of a fever this summer and a bad virus in Costa Rica. I supported myself afterwards, you know, for a while. And that was great. So, you know, I think being balanced about these things is important. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I used to take so many things and I still take things for support, but, you know, probably a quarter of what I used to take and looking at my thyroid antibodies, you know, they were as high as 10,000 at one point. And I was taking a lot of things, not realizing back then we're going back 20 something years that some of the things I was taking was actually contraindicated in Hashimoto's and I just didn't know and the doctors I was seeing to know and I was doing immune boosters that were actually overstimulating my immune system. You know, and then I was on a much more restrictive diet, but I do find, and this is something that I do a lot in my program as well with Thyroid Mystery Solved is, you know, there are some restrictions that may be helpful initially, especially if someone hasn't really supported their gut, but we really work through, okay, we do these things, but then we work on opening things up because it's just not healthy to restrict so much. And, you know, I have people who come to me with, you know, a list of 10 foods and they said, I've only eaten these things. And every time I try to introduce something else, I can't, you know, cause the body literally is going to lose the ability to digest and break those things down. It's quite a balance for sure. And I agree. Like I remember when I was taking so many things, I found out later that a lot of them were counterproductive. And so one thing I advise is, you know, try to minimalize, like just, you know, if you're working with a practitioner, please just give me the bare minimum because if we end up with, you know, a dozen, two dozen supplements, it can have different counter. It, it's a lot on the system to process all of those. So that's another thing I would say is try to just make it reasonable. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's why in my programs, what I usually do is I have people go through a protocol and then they go to the next and they finish that. And it's kind of the step-by-step -step because otherwise it's like throwing the kitchen sink at someone and it's just, it's too much. So Dr. Kathleen, how do people connect with you? Where can they find you and learn more? Yeah, sure. www.primaltrust.org is our website. We have an Instagram channel with lots of free content and a YouTube channel uh, as well, um, primaltrust underscore official. And then on our website, um, we're about to release a free um, like 120 some page ebook with a bunch of free exercises and how I believe healing happens, which is a great you know initial content and uh, practice guide that'll be available soon. And, um, and then we have a program, a membership program where you can um, go through our whole protocol and in community, we've got live classes literally almost every single day to support you. It's all part of it. It's no extra charge. Yeah. We've got both free content and a great membership for people to learn. And that's great. And I think that sense of community is really, really important because so often, you know, people with Hashimoto's and thyroid issues and just autoimmunity in general, or really any chronic illness, we often feel so alone that no one understands us because a lot of times our family and other people that are close to us don't really truly understand how we're feeling or that there's some days that it's like, mm, I just can't get out of bed today. And it's like, well, what's wrong with you? You were fine yesterday. You don't look sick, right? I mean, I think that's the biggest thing with Hashimoto's. People say, well, you look fine. You don't look sick. <laughs> oh, that answer. I, I remember that. But you look fine. I really wanted to create a community that 
was what I wanted when I was sick. And I think it's part of the healing because when you're seen and witnessed and validated and you're like, I make sense, that feeling, I make sense, is one of the things that bring in safety the fastest. Like, I make sense. People understand me. I'm seen. Uh, I have support when I need it. All of those things are very calming to the nervous system. That alone can start shifting people's health. Such a good point. Yeah, because sometimes it's not even the answer that you need. It's that I am seen and, and heard. Mm-hmm. And I'm enough on top of that, mm-hmm. or especially with thyroid. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, we're going to post links to all of that in the show notes. I think it's something that could be such a big help because the nervous system support is just crucial for everything that we do. And I think it's really a combination. And then the more we have that nervous system support, the better that other things are going to work. And then down the line, the less of other things that you're going to need. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate all the information and I look forward to staying connected with you. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great conversation. I hope it's helpful to your listeners. Our nervous system plays a tremendous role and we had to address that first and foremost with Tarian. I recommended that she start the Primal Trust Program, which she did right away. This way, she can actually start to see progress with the protocols that we were going to do and her body was able to then accept and process everything in a better and easier way. As she started that, I ran some labs. Her thyroid labs were in the lab's normal range, but they were nowhere near optimal, and she was actually the low T3 type. And if you're not sure what your thyroid type is, you can learn much more about that in my upcoming training and support call, and I have all the information for you in the show notes. We supported her thyroid type, and as we were doing that, we also started to look at and address her Hashimoto's triggers. And for those who may not be familiar, Hashimoto's triggers are things that stimulate your immune system to fight itself, which we do not want. So this is an important thing to figure out and to support. This is another thing that I cover in my free training, and I also talk a lot about this on Instagram. So if we're not yet connected on Instagram, please be sure that you're following me. I'm at Ina Toppler on Instagram. And if you don't know your triggers, you can see much more information on that. You can also send me a DM right on Instagram and I could send you more info there as well. And for Terry Ann, she was taking a lot of different supplements in the past, but she was actually becoming sensitive to those. And when we looked into her specific triggers, she had molds and also several underlying toxins. The thing is that her nervous system has never been ready to handle all of the detox in the past. So even though she was taking a lot of different things, not only was it not helping, it was actually making her feel worse. So I actually took her off many of the cleansing supplements to allow her nervous system and her liver to catch up. She felt better with supporting her vagus nerve and getting her body to actually feel safe again. We then also use supplements specifically for cortisol to help to bring it down and balance it. We used PS150 from Designs for Health and magnesium glycinate as well. Within a month of starting Primal Trust and my updated and much more pared down protocol as compared to her previous one, she started to sleep better. That led to better energy and less anxiety. The calmer she felt, 
the more energized she felt. She was so amazed at the changes with all of the techniques that she was learning in a really short period of time. Then we started to do a little bit of gentle cleansing and support as she listened to her body. By focusing more within, she learned how to listen to her body, and then she knew when things were too much. She felt a ton better, which was so exciting for both of us. And I'm such a fan of Primal Trust, and I have a code for you if you wanted to try it. It made a huge difference for Terry Ann. You will find all that information in the show notes. And you can get the show notes on my website or just scroll down in any of the podcast apps where you're listening to this. If Terry Ann sounds like someone you know, would you please share this episode? And please be sure that you're subscribed to the show so that you never miss a new case. And please remember, whatever you're dealing with, no matter how confusing things are or how hard they may seem, the answers really are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time on Health Mystery Salt, Thyroid and Hashimoto's Revealed. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.